Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Maybe purple pants to go with that at some point. Bailey does have a crushed velvet tracksuit. She does. She's Wait, what? Yeah, she <laughs> wears it all the time. Yeah, she wears it here and there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. 90s are coming back, dude. But, I mean, it's a spectacular coat. Yeah, no. it's <laughs> And it's brand new. I think it's the first time she's worn it. It like looks that. like she brought it brand new from Goodwill, like from 1990. Like one of those things, like no one got award, and it like, <laughs> someone yeah. finally dug it out, yeah, and then donated it, yeah. And someone bought it with like hell yeah, the Reebok tracksuit. <laughs> I'm gonna find a place. Whoops, I started. I'm gonna wait. No, no, nope, nope, you're good. Nope, let's just do it. It's the worst damn sports show. Period. <laughs> Setting the bar low for sports talk in Denver. Sorry. Because if Adele would just keep on talking yeah. all day. <laughs> well, I mean, we could turn this into a fashion podcast real quick, I guess. <laughs> we suck at this. <laughs> it is the worst damn sports show, period. Thanks for joining us. Uh, and another reminder of what we like to, you know, because it's we have to reintroduce ourselves every once in a while. Yes. Even if you are a longtime listener, like the reason that we chose worst damn sports show, period, is because in case we get stuff wrong, we can be like, well, yeah. We set the bar real low. That's why we called ourselves that. We're so, literally just like three dudes that have watched sports before. We all enjoy watching sports <laughs> and talking about it. And now we're just doing it in a public forum. That's all. And if we ever say we have sources, you need to know we're making that shit up. Usually, That's not true. There's people around here that actually know things. We've had them on the podcast before. Those people actually know things. Yeah, I'm those are my sources. Things. The yeah, people, people that actually know things. <laughs> Well, it's good having people around too, like uh, you know, like for example, Greg uh, Foster, KOA. He's like the, the head of the program here for AM stuff, and there would be all this stuff floating around out in the the ether about like this rumor or that rumor, and you could see Greg and be like, "Hey, what's up with this?" And he'll just tell you, yeah, like, yeah. straight up. So you're like, "All right, good." Now Mike I know. Rice. I was gonna say Mike Rice is that guy. From <laughs> Mike the, Rice is the other yeah, guy. Mike yeah, Rice. So. Is there any validity to this? He's like, "No." It's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the access. My voice just cracked. <laughs> That's it. That's all we do. That's all the access that we have yeah. while Steve fixes his voice. Uh, speaking of which, that is uh, Steve Burrell. Hey, I'm Steve Burrell. Mornings on, on uh, Channel 93.3. That's it. And that's Dubs saying that. Mornings on the party. Yeah, that's me. And then there's this other guy here. He's just being quiet. <laughs> he doesn't like to talk much. But his name is Beardo. Yeah. He's on Afternoons on 107.9 KBPI. Yeah, that's me. Rocking the entire front range. Yeah. We like to do that. Four Collins to Colorado Springs. That's right, baby. I feel like with the amount of uh, people that we talk to on a regular basis, more people should listen to this podcast. Nobody cares about us, Steve. Uh, yeah. yeah. So... Here we are, going to be talking about the <laughs> NFL draft, which happened a million years ago. By the way, hold on. Can I just say, yeah. uh, on the nobody cares about us point, Yeah. Um, so the Rockets and Warriors series <laughs> hasn't played in two days, right? The Nuggets played a game since then, Yeah. and the Nuggets have a game tonight that coincidentally is on ESPN, and uh, the Rockets and Warriors don't have another game till Saturday. So... 
there was there's like three days off for the Rockets and Warriors. That's and weird. ESPN is showing the Nuggets game tonight, and the Nuggets were the last one to play. And what did they do a video breakdown of this morning? Sure. The Rockets and Warriors series, of course. Which is 2-0 and not looking that competitive. <laughs> it's like, it's like the worst way later in this <laughs> podcast. I just man. couldn't believe it. Was like, it was like, you are literally showing our game tonight. Why wouldn't you try to hype it up by doing a video breakdown of the last Western Conference game to be played? It's like, uh, you know, they, as they're showing it, they use that to segue why they're going to be talking about the Warriors years later during the highlights be like you know compared to the Warriors this is uh <laughs> you know it's it's kind of like local sports station here who will bring up for a second the Nuggets and use that to transition how Garrett Bulls should improve his third year <laughs> like how what what oh like I'm impressed you brought up the Nuggets but that was a weird transition <laughs> really re- Deadspin wrote a whole article about how entertaining watching the second game was uh, and how it, the winner of this series shouldn't have to be like slimed on the windshield of the Golden State Warriors wait how, how entertaining the second <laughs> game of the Nuggets was yeah because that was, it was a terrible game because it was imperfect, right? Okay, like right. They, their whole point was that here are two teams that are gutlessly trying to like really <laughs> win this game. It's ugly. They can't hit threes. The Nuggets keep missing bunnies, and one of these teams is just going to go get sacrificed to the to the Golden State Warriors in the Western Conference Finals. And as I'm normally very positive, just like anything could happen. Like I, that's really going to happen. That's truly going to happen. Like I can't imagine a scenario with Golden State. I mean, even smoke the Houston and the next team, even the, yeah, I was going to say, even the Rockets don't seem to be holding much of a chance. No. So, well, so we are going to cover the Nuggets more and the Avalanche more. Obviously they're in the middle of their playoff run. Both of them tied in their series, uh, covering the NFL draft here in a minute. But let's get to the tweet of the week. It's the Kentucky Derby weekend. It certainly is. Who and cares? do we care? No. <laughs> that's my, do you know that what is I care? my tweet of the week. Do you know what I care about most? So, like, all my friends are like, floppy hats, and we're going to go out and drink mint juleps. And it's, like, the most annoying thing ever. It's legitimately the biggest part of the Kentucky Derby, right? <laughs> Just the scene. And to that point, do you know who is going to be on the broadcast this yeah. year as a glamour Specialist, gl- a glamour is that what they expert? call it? They're going to glamour specialist. They have a glam cam, and he is going to be breaking down the glam cam this year. Our, Von Miller, our very own Von <laughs> Miller, breaking down the glam cam. Although, to be fair, if I was picking anyone to like do fashion advice and fashion breakdowns, it's Von Miller. It would be the only reason I watched. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. Like, I do want to see what he says. I just hope I see it in 15 second YouTube clips right, right around. Yeah. You wouldn't want to see Wes Wilker just tripping balls on at ecstasy. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that would have been the next logical choice if Von couldn't do it, right? Like, you get Wes Wilker out there. Uh, back wild wild west and and have some fun with the day that would make the kentucky derby experience enjoyable though tripping balls yeah if you're just tripping balls (laughs) i don't know i don't know there's too many people there like i've tripped to concerts before but i don't know there's too many people there's no music just to like sit there and get your shit together for a minute i don't know if you want to be doing there's too much yeah conversation and it's very hoity-toity right like there's a lot of uh pomp and circumstance that you have to sit through if you leave your sunglasses on all day that helps though yeah maybe i mean maybe if i could just get a seat and sit there and actually watch everything go down instead of you know trying to do (laughs) conversation and stuff i imagine tripping balls at the kentucky derby is like that scene in the movie the girl next door have you ever seen that 
I've seen the girl next door. I'm trying to remember what it's the scene where he's like getting the scholarship. He's going to the scholarship dinner and he's tripping balls and he's like mid conversation. He just reaches over and pets the dude's tie. (laughs) 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 Like just out of nowhere, just pets the tie. Yeah. You're right. It's going to be too hot, too bright, too loud. It's just, it's too much all uh, all at once. Like I said, it is pouring rain in Kentucky right now. And I thought about that. Has there been a, I can't remember a Kentucky Derby in history that, has not been pouring rain. Oh, they've had ones that were beautiful. It just seems like in the yeah. last like three years, it's been a downpour, though. Yeah, it's true. It's been sloppy yeah. recently. And what they don't show as much of, and this is just from experience of people who have told me they've been like from the from the south who've gone to Kentucky Derby plenty of times, is there's the hoity-toity stuff that we all see with the hats and mint juleps, and then there is the trailer park mess yes. that's going on in the infield. <laughs> yes, and it's same just thing like, at the Preakness. It's the Preakness, yeah. too. Yeah. My friends from Maryland are like, that is the shit show weekend <laughs> of the year. Like, that is their opening day for the, for, for them down there. Like that whole thing that um the, the, the NASCAR, the post-Daytona um, landscape that they showed where they showed all the trash that was, like, left <laughs> yeah. over from that, too. It's like that, like, on the infield of the Kentucky Derby. So at the I don't know about the Derby, but I know that this is a thing at the Preakness and they call it the, um, oh God, what is it called? It's like the, it's like the porta potty run or something like that. <laughs> and literally stop, yeah. on the infield, what they do <laughs> yeah. is they get on the edge of the porta potties and, and you sprint. run across and see if you can make it because eventually you're going to fall yeah. into one there's, of the porta potties. There's always one a-hole that falls through the roof and it's the, the best thing oh, ever. Oh, the video is great. So yes, you're totally right, Steve. It is an absolute shit show. <laughs> <laughs> also, the thing that I like still about the Kentucky Derby is they haven't rebranded the hashtag on social media. It's Sweat still it. hashtag KY Derby. And yeah. the jokes of the internet <laughs> are gold the day of. It's because those old white dudes don't know what that is. It's fine. <laughs> so there's the Kentucky Derby news that we have for you. That's our That's hot literally take. literally all you needed to know about yeah. the Kentucky Derby. We have I believe no, there are no horses bets. involved yeah. in somehow. <laughs> Let's get into something we... Don't know much about, but still more. <clears throat> Topic one. Well, it's been a full week almost. Let's talk about the NFL draft recap. Yeah, <laughs> the hot How about takes this? the draft. Eh. Yeah, yeah, How's yeah. that? I, I believe I have a big eh on this one. As a matter of fact, after day one into day two, I almost text you guys just to be like, fuck this. Like, this is terrible. I hate it. I hate what's going on. Now that the dust has settled, had time to absorb it a little bit. That's just too strong of a word. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't to, hate it, right? I, like yeah. you trade down, you get some extra picks. Oh, I hated day one. I, don't, I didn't I like didn't, that. I didn't mind the trade down, but if you're like, like literally as soon as it happened, what came into my mind is what I said on here last week, which is stealth tank. Like is he's, he, he traded from 10 to 20 to pick up the Steelers next year's first round pick. So he's got two first-round picks next year, and he can take the quarterback that he wants. And I do like that. All of a sudden, the compensation came out, and they didn't get the Steelers next year's first. Oh wait, they did not. No, no, they got a third round this year. Or no, 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 they moved to twenty. They got got a second second round this year and a third round next next year. year. Did they use any of that capital to move up to get? Um, Who cares? (laughs) Well, I mean, well, you you didn't cares. I, I. 
It was a total. It was devastating. It was. De- you thought going into next year, they're, they're going to have two first round picks. You're going to know exactly where you sit. You can improve the offensive line around twenty. Like it made a whole lot of sense for like an hour and a half. And then all of a sudden you found out <laughs> that it wasn't a stealth tank move, that he didn't get as much as most GMs get in that spot. Right. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't know. I really was disappointed. Then he goes ahead and takes Noah Fant, which, okay. That's a guy who was supposed to be a premium tight end. He, he's supposed to win like best tight end of the year going into the year for Iowa and ends up getting passed on his own team by TJ Hawkinson, who has a better year than he does. I don't know. That's the thing. All right. So if, if Noah Fant is like the next George Kittle or that's you know, the biggest name they've been comparing him to or Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey. Yep. So if that's the case, great move. If he's not, if he's Eric Ebron. Oh. Well, Ebron had a nice year last year. <laughs> last year, six years into his... With uh, Andrew Luck, I might, I might yeah. add. <laughs> he, yeah, he had a... That's the thing. So, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like, there's the... Uh, and you passed on Devin White. Devin Bush? Devin Bush. <laughs> we had Devin okay. Bush sitting right there, and yeah. that's who the Steelers got. And that's who, like... That's who they traded off. And it's a need, though. That's a legitimate need. Who is going to play middle linebacker for you? That's... I don't Josie know. Jewell? I don't know. Like, come on. Don't give me that look, Beardo. I don't know. I, I know, really don't like, know. I but like like that is not an acceptable answer. When I say who it's 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 like it's like the year where you had Simeon and Lynch going into and you'd signed Mark Sanchez and it's like who is going to play quarterback for you? Right. Yeah. None of those are acceptable answers. The answers that you have to provide me possibly are not acceptable answers for who is going to play quarterback. Well, and so like, that's what makes it a bad move in my mind is you have a legitimate glaring need, a enormous prospect at that need who's that you worthy just, of the pick they say all the time oh well we're gonna pick best player available we're not yes. picking for need guess who the best player available was somebody you need someone you needed <laughs> now let's say that that someone had picked up both the Devons and you're sitting there with some of the cornerbacks that you thought were gonna be good and you passed on that that obviously would have been a brilliant move because none of those guys got taken in the first round. Yeah, they ended up falling. But, I mean, even still, it was just, it was super frustrating. I can't imagine, I can't imagine what was going on inside that war room with other people listening to what John Elway was saying. And then all of a sudden, so 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 now let's talk about Drew Locke, right? Because maybe you can say this thing gets saved by Drew Locke getting picked in the second law, the second round, right? That's the thing. It's such an unknown. It's like such a maybe. It's a bargain yeah. pick compared to what he was being, what they were saying he That's could true. have gone. That's yeah. true. It is a bargain pick technically. But it throws a monkey wrench at everything that you were saying you were gonna do. Right. I mean, if if it, it's another one, and I feel like this is the conversation we have all the time. There's no freaking plan, right? Like it's it just seems like he's just kind of like, oh, this sounds good. Right this second, I'm gonna do this. And okay, you didn't like Devin Bush. I think I think you're wrong personally, but who am I to say? Like I I could be wrong. Devin Bush could be garbage. Who knows? Right? Noah Fant could be great. I also don't know that. Yep. But what I do know is it seems like there's a lack of a plan because if you weren't planning on taking Devin Bush and you never addressed middle linebacker, which there were free agent middle linebackers, you could have gone and gotten. So if you didn't address it in free agency and you didn't address it in the draft, it just looks like you don't have a plan. There's no plan. And then the other part of the unplanned 
that we're experiencing right now too is uh, Chris Harris still sitting out there. It's post-draft, and he said no one's even reached out. And I don't know if they will. Why? Because be they don't a have a plan. Huge mistake because they once again did not address that part in the draft as well. And then look at their plan for quarterback, right? We're going to trade for Joe Flacco. And then we're going to say that he's in his prime. Then we're going to draft a quarterback in the second round who we say we think we got a steal on and should be a first-round quarterback. Well, what's your freaking plan? I mean, I would imagine at the moment <laughs> it's keeping Joe Flacco for one year. Yes. But, I mean, it's just do – you, do you see what I'm saying? It's just like every position that we go talk about, it's like what was – your plan. Yeah, and I feel like last year's draft was like, oh, great, oh, great, oh, great. These are all like, in, in this one, it was just the opposite. This one was two years ago where people were like, oh, okay. That's think, all right. I think there were positives to take from it. I mean, there are I, always positives to take from something. Dalton I, Reisner. Dalton Reisner was a massive pick, and I was so glad that he was our first pick in the second round. I like, think that was the resounding, like, like, uh, stool that everybody stood up on yeah. was here's Dalton Reisner. If you can get him to come in and start, you've you're starting to solve problems on your offensive line. Absolutely, he's a local kid, so there's a feel good aspect to it. He's always been a Bron- Broncos fan. You always love when a team picks somebody who wants to be here, and that's not just. Um, for headlines' sake, that's also for like, hey, maybe getting him to re-sign here someday is easier. If he ends up being really good, you might be able to get him to stay easier than if you were somewhere else. Sure. So there's all kinds of aspects to that that are nice. And yeah, I mean, the reason I didn't mention Dalton Reisner is because it was one of the the things that I agreed with in the draft. But that goes back to what was your plan for offensive line last year? And that you didn't have one, yeah, and that now you're trying to address one. it this year. You know what I mean? And it's just well, it that's constantly that's where we spent our free agency money. Is it, we we went out and signed James right, from Miami. This is something that should have been done last year. Well, yeah, right. I don't, like, I don't disagree with it. Right. That. So like he had no plan last year for the offensive line. Now he's trying to fix that, but it looks like he's got no plan for things like middle linebacker and now maybe cornerback. Yeah, you know, so it's just I don't know. It's just it was super frustrating to see if if you were going if he had gone full stealth tank right and gotten the Steelers first round pick for the next year, I would have said I don't care who he drafts in this draft. He, he can draft fake players for all I care, right? Like it's clear what he's trying to do now. He's got a plan and he's just got to follow it, but he didn't. So I just I don't know. I feel so lost when it comes to Dude. what the Broncos are trying to do. Do we think that he would have followed that differently had Drew Locke not been there? No. No, I don't think he would have taken someone else. You know, you know, wait, here's the like a telling part of the draft when it comes to the quarterbacks. IMO, Patriots didn't pick him. Patriots pick any quarterback. If there's any team out there that needs a quarterback soon in the next couple of years, it's the Patriots. I really thought they were going to make the trade for Josh Rosen. I, yeah. I was sitting there waiting for them to make that trade. I agree with you on that. I think they're... I think they might have been in on it, but the Dolphins just had the better second round pick. Yeah, possibly. Um, but I, uh, to me, the Patriots passing on him makes sense only for this reason. I do think that Tom Brady's got a year or two left in him, and he's got nobody to throw the ball to. We talk about it every year when we talk fantasy football, like he's got a weapon now. Now he's got a guy, right? And like how good Harry is is however good he is, but. At the end of the day, like if you still think Tom can play, then then you got to give Tom weapons. So I I don't necessarily agree with you 100 percent on that, Steve. That's brutal. 
brutal. <laughs> <laughs> you don't necessarily agree with me 100%. Uh, do you want me to make it more savage? No, nah, it's all right. That, you know, that's, that, here's the thing about talking about the draft, like, anyway, is no one really knows how yeah. the draft turns out until, yep. like, three years from now. Yep. Well, and that's what they, that's what, uh, David Gettleman said about Pickens, so he's the GM of the Giants. What a dope. <laughs> right. I would be so annoyed if that was my guy. Just listening to him talk, he he's that kind of person, like when he's talking, you're like, you're full of shit. Like well, no matter what you're saying, like he's so full of shit. Uh, Beardo and I had one of these conversations too. There's people in positions like in every industry that get to where they are just somehow Right, well, like I mean, he's been around. The old adage is that you're you keep getting promoted until you're ineffective at your right? job, right? Yeah, like, and I feel like he's one of those guys. It's like, how'd you even get this job? Like, because you're obviously he not did very well good building at it. the Panthers, and so and his point, and he's not wrong in saying this, but we all think he's crazy. But he's like, we'll see in three years if I was crazy. Exactly, we'll right? see. <laughs> like, we'll all see. This Jones kid out of Duke, nobody had him going that early. He says he knows two people were going to take him before his pick at seventeen. The Broncos were apparently one of those teams. I was like, uh, the, maybe. And then, and I don't know. Reports came out that there was no way John Elway was going to take him in the first round. I mean, it's right. just, you know what I mean? And the, and the, we get around back to your point, Steve, that nobody really has any idea, no. right? Like we don't really know. And who knows? This Jones kid could be great. And that means that in two successive drafts, he's taken a hall of fame running back and a hall of fame quarterback in the first round. Like, and he's a genius. Yeah, we'll Who see knows? what he can do with that because he can't really. That's the other part is he. It's not like you can sit this guy for that much longer behind Eli because he's got to play. He's got. He's good. If he is that good, you want to use as much as that that room before his fifth year before his fifth year yeah. is done and you got a running back what who is in his prime right now like yeah. this is going to be a guy you got these are the years where he's going to be useful he's not going to be as useful however many years from now yeah 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 i mean the the giants are super interesting so are the raiders do we want to spend two seconds talking about them we can talk about <laughs> talking about you know if you want to feel better about your own yeah. draft yeah. Yeah. you can look at the raiders draft and be like wow and again we don't actually know but what we do know is based on what, where people had players on their boards, they were just swinging for the fences. It's like yeah. the only tape they watched was the Clemson Alabama National Championship. <laughs> <laughs> like it was the only video that they had in the entire building. The first pick was at number three, four, four, right? Yeah. And then that was the one where people were like, "What is that? It? Is that guy even a Farrell second rounder? Or yeah. Fer- Colin Farrell, maybe? Colin Farrell, yeah. yeah. D- defensive like tackle from Clemson. Because he has the same name as the actor. That's I, and so, like, people are like, yeah, I had him at, like, number 17. That maybe. doesn't mean he's a bad player. Yeah. But what it does mean is that, like, you just over-assume, like, how much he was worth. And if there was nobody that was worth the number four pick, then trade back. Yeah, like, well, get out of there. Even if all you get is a fourth-round pick, then whatever. You can draft him later. And who was the – they had um, uh, Josh Allen still sitting there, who was yeah. the other edge mm-hmm. rusher. And I'm like, what? Holy crap. They they re- I tweeted out before the pick. I was like, there's no way they messed this up, right? No, they messed it up. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. And, the, like, and then the, the running back from Alabama, like, yes, you can tell me that he doesn't have a lot of tread on the tires all day long. Do you know why? Because they didn't give him the ball because he wasn't good enough. Like, I don't, and it's amazing, but like the physical attributes, and there have been people before who have gone to Alabama and not done anything and done well in the league, 
But you're going to spend a first round pick on that hope? It's like that moment like you have like all this extra money and you just blow it on stuff you don't need. Yeah. It's like they had that in first round picks. You're just like, whatever. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think you're totally right. And again, they could all be great and we could be we could sound like idiots three years from now, but they sure looked like a bunch of dopes, didn't they? Or, or they're trying to do the stealth tank so they get a premier quarterback next year. <laughs> I, I do think they're going to end up taking a quarterback next year, like, which, you know, you, so. You walk into Vegas with a hit so or a Tua and I look forward to the uh, 2020 opener in September of 2020 on Monday Night Football that is Tua Tungavailoa playing for the Raiders here in Denver against David Carr and the Broncos. <laughs> it's going to be great. It's going to be great. All right, let's roll on to the uh, where we lay it on thick here in the Worst Stamp Sports Show periods where we show appreciation for something one way or another Who's got it? I'll go first because it goes back to the draft a little bit. But a video that the Broncos tweeted out I thought was a really cool moment. It's something that we don't see a lot um, when draft day. Like when it happens, we see the calls from the team owners. We see the calls from the GMs. We don't often see the calls from the other teammates. But the Broncos put out a video of Von Miller calling uh, Dalton Reisner and Drew Locke. And a lot of times in a row, mind you. They did not pick up. I think he called Dalton Reisner four times and his voicemail was full. And he find Dalton finally called Vaughn back. So Vaughn was just like, Hey man, like I'm stoked to have you on the team. Like gave him a big hype, gave him a lot of props and, and was very excited. And then the same thing with Drew Locke. He was also kind of having fun with the Drew Locke call. He's like, he's a quarterback, he's not gonna answer. I'll call him until he answers. I'll call him until he answers. And again, fourth time he yeah. calls, Drew Locke answers, and he's just like, Hey man like happy to have you on the team big moment so it was it was cool to see kind of the the teammates phone calls as opposed to just the john elways the head coach and and that sort of thing i heard that drew lock also got a phone call from drew Brees, really who is a quarterback that slid into the top of the second round uh, okay. and felt like he got put in a bad situation when he got drafted and look what he's made himself. You know what I mean? So I heard he gave Drew Locke a call, um, which I would have loved to have heard what he said to him. But, I mean, if Drew Locke turns out could, to be Drew Brees, then, you know, maybe I'll Drew, take back everything I said <laughs> in the last 15 minutes. Could we also see if we can get Drew Bledsoe to call Drew Locke? Then we just got the, the combo of Drews. I don't think you want him to turn into uh, that. Anyway. <laughs> like another thing. He's like, yeah. watch your back, kid. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to go here? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh, all right, so I'll go with uh, Nikel Roby Coleman. I don't know if you guys saw this, yes. Uh, but the uh, the Rams were doing their one of their mini camps this week, and uh, it turns out that this semester, Nikel Roby Coleman, who went to USC, is a Trojan, left early to go play in the league, played for the Bills, then moved over to the Rams. Uh, he left early. He never finished his degree. He finished it at USC while playing for the Rams. This was his last semester. He's graduating this upcoming week. So kind of cool. The Rams not only like announced it at practice and filmed it, but they bought him a cake. Yeah. How cool is that? <laughs> and it was like one of those things like, yeah, man, celebrate life. Celebrate your achievements. So he runs over to the cake. And goes face first and just drops his whole face right in the cake. I'm totally about that. I mean, life. and you don't see a lot of NFL players do that. Like we no. hear about people that come out early, but we don't often hear the stories of them going back and finishing their degree. So it's definitely a, a cool moment to know that an NFL player has a fallback plan too. Yeah, for sure. And like, I think it's cool that Coleman did it. Roby Coleman did it. I think it's cool that the the Rams celebrated it. Yeah, I think it's cool USC celebrated it. It's something definitely to be proud of. So. 
I'd like to uh, lay it on thick for Peter Mayhew. Chewbacca. He, he died a couple days ago. You know what the ironic part about that was that I, so I put out this schedule every week for everyone, like the weekend, and I had to put, like, I'm required to put some funny picture on it. And the one I put was uh, Chewbacca dressed up with like a sombrero and a margarita because it's <laughs> May the 4th and Cinco de Mayo weekend. Mm-hmm. And I hit send and it was seconds later I got the news that Peter Mayhew had died. I was mm. like, oh, look at that. Synchronicity. Mm. It's good luck. So uh, Peter Mayhew's 74. Um, I'm not, it does, I haven't found anywhere it was said what? Like what's the reason? Natural causes. He had to t- take a step back from playing Chewbacca because he was having some health concerns over the last. Couple he of years. was such a huge human being. So I actually yeah. got to sit in on a couple of interviews with him. I was a promotions assistant at the time, but we were over at um, Starfest across the street, mm-hmm. and we did like a whole live I show. I remember from when there. that happened. Yeah, oh my gosh, yeah, that was uh, like our old other, friend yeah. David Sirota. Yeah, so he did a whole live show over at, at Starfest, and he did an interview with Peter Mayhew, who I didn't know who he was at the time. Like one of the nicest guys I've ever met. He was so cool. He just sat there and talked for a long time about Star Wars and all this stuff. But it turns out he had a lot of health issues for being such a gigantic human being. Yeah. He yeah. really had trouble. So I see. All right. Well, R.I.P. Yeah, for Peter sure. Peter Mayhew. I didn't know how that was going to sound. How they did it. Yes, this is our cut for the party, actually. We use this all the time. Oh, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I just looked up Chewbacca and threw it in like a last minute kind of thing. It just like went for it. Yeah, anytime your voice gets a little um, <laughs> <coughs> trying to get that out of there, you just, just do that. <laughs> like it. All right. Topic one. Oh, wait. Hold no, on. No, no, that's no, not right. That's, yeah, that's... Second topic. <laughs> I don't even go. know. <laughs> yeah. like, you don't even have headphones on. What's you guys on? realize that your headphones are so loud that I can hear oh, the stuff yeah. that's I, happening. That's why I'm, that's because I'm deaf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, topic two. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about, well, playoffs for the I'm fourth so week in a row. I'm so right now. <laughs> I can't even tell you. Four weeks. Ugh. We've talked about playoffs Four weeks in I a know, row. I know, but like, so like up till now, up till like game seven, <laughs> I, was, May. I yeah. wasn't really nervous yet. And then we had the Nuggets game seven and I like started to feel the anxiety of like being in the playoffs. Oh, yeah. And now it's like full freaking bore, man. Like I am, uh, can we, what do you want to start? Nuggets? Yeah, let's start with the Nuggets. Sure, let's start with the Nuggets. Okay, so I'm like freaking out. You, do, you cannot go back to the Rose Garden with the trailblazers having have won three games in the series. Right. So I'm assuming that it's, we have a game five locked in right now. Yep. I'm assuming that we're going to lock a game six in at some point and right. you can't let them go back there with three wins. Right. You have to somehow find a way to get a split in, in Portland over these next two games and win game five here in Denver. So you go back there uh, being able to lose. And then that, that was, man, what a, Stupid game that was. That it reminds was so me, dumb. It, it, very, it reminded me a lot of game one against San Antonio where they just couldn't make a shot. And it, it, it wasn't... We had talked. I talked about this Beardo too. Portland doesn't scare me and we should be sweeping that team and it should have been exactly that reason is they had no business being in that game much less winning it because they were they just happened to get worse there or be better than we were and we were terrible and like the we end of the still almost won and we that's what i'm saying we still <laughs> almost won. the door was opened so many times like that was so bad like it was bad there was, basketball there was one sequence in the fourth quarter where they got like six offensive rebounds in a row and we're talking bunny layups and, and they could not hit it. It was so frustrating. At the end of the half, did they, did they miss 
like eight shots in a row or oh, something like it was, that. It was the, the three-pointers stat that I think you're referring to. They were 0 for 11 from the three-point no, like, line. I'm just talking about the watching the game where you think they were down a dozen or 14 or something like that, and they crept back into it. And then they're just missing shots, like the end of the half. I don't think they scored for the last three minutes of the half or something. Oh, it was they ridiculous. scored 35 points in the first half. And when I and, don't care if shots are falling or not. That is dismal. Like, and, that is embarrassing. And if Portland wasn't almost as bad, they should have just put us away before the half because we, they should have been up by 20. But they could not. And that's the thing. They kept leaving the door open. We couldn't walk in. But, like, why just put the ball on the deck and go get fouled? Yes. You know what I mean? Like, take the ball to the rack. If you are 0 for 10 on three-pointers, why are you jacking up another three-pointer? Take it to the rim and see if you can get two free throws because Lord knows we need some kind of shot. Some of those were almost like you had to where it was like a fast break stop and you're like, okay, this is what I do now. I put this up. And it should go in, in theory, but it just was not. Oh, it was so frustrating to watch. But that was the thing, and it was this was why I was so calm during the Spurs series, is I watched the Nuggets play their, their worst game, still almost win, and said to myself, we're a more talented team. We are better than them. That's exactly so, um, how I feel now. Unless we play our worst game again, we're, we're going to be okay. I don't know if I feel that way about Portland. I don't know. I really like I started really thinking about it like apples to apples going down the list of talented people top to bottom. Do I think we have a more talented roster than them? And I think the answer is yes, but I don't feel the same way I did with the Spurs. And so I really worry about it. You have to find a way to get a split in Portland. Yeah, I think they're softer than the Spurs. I think they're not as well coached as the Spurs. So I think that's the when it comes down to it, I think that they'll beat them. And if they play, if they play as good as they not even just as good as they can, if they just aren't terrible right. last game, they're up 2-0. And, and cruise control in a team they haven't lost, they've only lost to once this year, and that was with all the B squad in. Like, they didn't have their top three players when I'm they lost I'm worried about the B squad, though. Like, the B squad, the bench was... squad? Yeah, the bench was what drove this team last year. Um, they had a bad game. A, a, they had a bad game. I, I don't. I don't think. I, I they've think, struggled now for a little while. Like you notice when Jokic leaves that game, all of a sudden it starts. Either they start the margin increases if they're down, or the margin gets closer if they're up. Um, but the bench just has not been the same bench that we're used to them being. They'll split. At, at at least they'll split in Portland. You and really, you it, absolutely, hundred percent. I feel stone like they cold should. Right now, which I feel I like love. they should. I feel like they should sweep out. I feel like they should wrap this up, and they should be. They just played a terrible game. It was so bad. This like, is how so bad. this is how I felt in the San Antonio series. I was I was you confident, and I just don't feel that way. I'm glad you do. I didn't feel that way about San Antonio. Beardy. That was the thing I thought that was especially because it's the first round, and they're a better coach team, and, yeah. and generally well, a little better is, talented. Pop is pop. You know what I mean. I don't feel that way about Portland. Beard, you've been quiet. <laughs> I agree with Steve. Uh, Steve and I were kind of talking about this, I think, yesterday, but I I agree with Steve more on the, I think we have the better coach to get it done. I think that Malone, after getting past Pop, can look across at Portland and just be like, okay, like we messed up. We had a bad game. You know, our our we apparently I didn't tell the guys that we shouldn't be relying on threes because we felt like we were. Well, they came back in the second half and started putting it on the deck and taking it to the rim. And they look great. And that's, and that's been, that's been more of the nuggets game. Like we can throw up the threes, 
but I don't know that we need to throw them up in that volume. We're not as consistent. Like right. there are games when they get us where they're automatic, and there are games where they're ice cold. And yesterday or the other day, they were ice cold. But to that point, they still leaned on it. Like there yeah. should have been a mindset to be like, guys, they're not going in right now. We just drive. I need change this. I need Jokic on the block, nutmeg and fools. That's what I need. Yeah, what? <laughs> nutmeg. You guys don't know that. <laughs> well, you guys both got yeah, okay. nutmeg. Okay, it's a soccer term, and it's when you go in between somebody's legs. You didn't see the pass that Jokic made to Millsap. Okay, right in between the <laughs> okay. defender's legs. Got it. You call it a nutmeg. And me with soccer. Terms. I mean, listen. Even ESPN was tweeting it out. Like, look at this nutmeg. It's nice. <laughs> I don't know that. I've I can't ever believe you guys don't term. know that. It sounds like I'm, a, tweeting, I'm tweeting it at both of you in like, a matter of minutes. It sounds like minutes. a ball prank or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> Someone just be like, oh, I well, got some nutmeg on my pants. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> made you look. That's kind of that's kind of what it is, right? Like your defenders running up, trying to break down, get ready for you, and you're just like, boop, I right in between there. Yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought I was going to be like a putting it in the kitchen reference, like something. I was I was going a completely different route, man. Nutmeg. I'm getting some cookies out of this. What's what's going on? I can't believe you guys don't know Sweeney that. Term. I'm, so, uh, so I'm, I'm. I still. I'm nervous just because, man, I really, really would love to see both teams obviously win it all, uh, but they got to win the next round. And I think a lot rides on the very next game. I just have more confidence in than if I was putting money on it, I'd put nuggets for sure. And not just because I'm a homer. But before we switch to hockey, I just want to bring up something. Did you guys see the Houston and Golden State game the other night? I didn't see a second of those games, did, actually. Well, did you see the highlights of Steph Curry's finger? Yeah, <laughs> I did. I watched a little bit of the game, but I saw the finger. Did you see the finger? Did not see the finger. Oh, it was wiggling. I mean, it, <laughs> it was. It was, it was out not and, in place. It was out explain. and wiggling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly the reaction that you should have. He dislocated it, and it was nasty looking. Yeah, I was hoping for a break. To be honest, there was part of me that's like, here it is. Here's the moment where hey, Steph Curry goes down. You got boogie down. <laughs> well, Steph that's what goes I was, down. Durant gonna like. Uh, I was gonna yeah. say that. Like, I not to celebrate anybody's injury. But James Harden taking one in the eye and Steph Curry dislocating a finger. Like, this is the kind of attrition we were looking for here. James Harden's got no eyes. (laughs) Steph Curry's got four fingers. Did you see him after he got the eye injury? His eyes are messed up. Did you see the memes that got created? I made one and I put it up. I'll I'll show you real quick. So his eyes, he got poked in both eyes at the same time. So it just looked like he was crying a whole lot. And it's going to be the new crying Jordan meme for sure. Whatever, man. Uh, I thought it looked like he had been playing in Denver for far too long. <laughs> <laughs> so I just wrote, I love you 3000 on it. <laughs> so we got <laughs> the Nuggets. Yeah. Tied 1-1. We've got the Avalanche tied 2-2. Yeah, baby. Ooh, that game last night. Yeah, baby. Oh, that game was fun. And if you're going to be tied 2-2, you want to be the team that just won the last game on a 3 nothing shutout. Oh, yes, you do. Going back to San Jose, like you're feeling pretty good about that. The building's yeah. tough, though. It is tough. That it's absolutely tough. tough. We've, we've seen it already. Yeah. Like, we, we, we saw that to start the series, how tough it was to play there. But, man, we, it, we go back now. If we can take the one on Saturday and come home for game six, Ooh. Is it bad? That's true. But is it bad that I don't even care about the game on Saturday? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think it matters at all. I really don't because whether it's game six here to close it out or game six here to make to send it to game seven in the NHL in game seven anything can happen. This is not the NBA, True. right? If you're talking NBA game seven, whoever's at home, I think you got a way better chance to win in hockey. 
Man, just put them on the ice. You know what I mean? Just yeah, roll it out. No, I mean, obviously, you want to win that next one, though, because you want to win that one because then you're only one game away. And yeah. If you can come into home knowing that you can close it out, like, that's... And with a team like the Avalanche, who are young and fast, and I I think... Oh, we I think aggressive is right. going to win this one. We've seen everyone play somewhat aggressive, but not nearly to the point. Avalanche have been playing pretty smart. Like, even the game that they lost... I feel like they kind of figured it out near the end a little bit. They needed more time. They didn't have enough time to win that game. Well, it's because they came out of the first period playing horribly. That that game where they lost five to two at well, it's because they kept they kept firing at the net, which is not a bad thing to do, but it really wasn't working. Like the like the the goaltender was too hot, but then the two the the goal they got was a tip. The second goal they got was a tip, and I think that's what they're like, okay, this is what we need to do, and they started to run their game more that way, but then they gave up the goal, and it just ruined everything. Yeah, once it got tied, and then they turned around and gave one up. In, in like yeah. 50 seconds. seconds. Yeah, oh, it was brutal. Um, yeah, listen, I, I think you saw them play like them finally. I think you're right. Yeah, last night we saw the Avs play their finesse speed game well and what you what you saw was you saw nathan mckinnon play his speed finesse game Which and he brilliant. took over the game <laughs> and everyone's like hey we should do that yeah so, <laughs> if you can get the best player on the ice and maybe he's becoming the best player in the league to do that to take over a game like that then it doesn't matter where you play man it doesn't matter if you're in san jose in denver well, or in fucking russia it you're going to you're going to win and that's the game we saw on tuesday on the opposite end like couture took over that game for san jose he yeah. had three goals in that game and you saw that and and it and again it, you saw that you saw nathan step up and do that last night like he's just like all right fuck this i'm yeah. i'm going to i'm going to do what i do and everybody else can rally around me and let's get this done. And I guess it's not so much that I don't care about Saturday, but maybe it's, I feel like it's house money. Does that make more sense? It'd be house money if they're up three, nothing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Steve's worried about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I, San Jose is a very tough place to play. The shark tank is, is, but, is, it's their energy there can lift the sharks to a game. Like, our energy in the Pepsi Center can look. Yeah, but that's game. what I was going to say. Like, let me put it to you this way: I don't think they're going to lose Game Six. I don't think there's any way. So well, whether it's yeah, I like that. Whether it's <laughs> whether it's Game Five or Game Seven, you like you got to figure out how to win one of them, and I don't care which one it is because yeah. I don't think there's any way that they're losing Game Six here in Denver. Okay, so well, that's kind of how to I be feel. wrapped up here, though. I'd like to be like, all right, now let's take a rest. <laughs> Get ready I, for I, you know. I rest. haven't been watching that Dallas St. Louis series at all. Not a bit. What is going on they, over there? They've been kind of they've been beating each other up a little bit, man. Good. Like. And we were talking about it the other day. If we face Dallas in the next round, we're going to face a team very much like San Jose, where they have a couple of younger guys. Like, they have Sagan, they have Ben, who can who can skate. But they've got the bruisers, man. And they've got our old buddy, Blake Como, who knows how to drive to the net, pass people, knock them over, and score. Yeah. So... It, I, I, I do worry about Dallas a little bit. St. Louis has had our number all year. So is San Jose, though. So I feel like we could compete with them. We play St. Louis. We're playing more of our finesse game. Yeah, I mean, let, let them knock each other out. I mean, same thing as Rockets Warriors, yeah. right? Like, give us a war of attrition over there and give us as many injuries as we can get. Uh, I didn't say that. And, <laughs> and, so I don't know. I mean, listen, I, I feel so good about the position that the Avs are in, even though that they're tied 2-2. I just think it's going to come down to game seven and anything can happen. Is that a day game? Anyone know? What's up your head? On Saturday? Yeah. Nope. 
<laughs> That's actually fine on Saturday. I was going to say, it's Saturday. You're yeah. good. <laughs> uh, all right. Is that it? We don't wrap it up I here? Think, I think all right, let's it. do this. This is the uh, worst damn sports show period. This is where we talk about the worst that we came across one way or another. And, uh, you know, I'll start since we were just talking about it. The worst for me. It's 8.30 start time. <laughs> <laughs> or 8 o'clock, for that matter. It's ridiculous. I'm probably going to die if that happens <laughs> next week. You know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's all the stuff we need as humans to exist and to survive and be happy. Sleep is number one. Did you know that? That's the base of the pyramid. And here I am, staying up till 11 o'clock at night for a loss in a couple of cases. Pretty, I don't Stressing know you, out. <laughs> I don't know how you've been feeling trying to get into work early, but it sucks. Even you get up here... You get in here too early, Beardo. I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, he's crazy. I have yeah. too much stuff that I do. Here's the good news. Yeah? The Sunday game, Yeah. 5 o'clock. That I can handle. Right. So you'll be in bed by it's 8. Done. That's good. all. I love it. <laughs> Old man Steve. Did you see that tweet I sent you? Which one? Uh, from your burner account. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steve, uh, Steve's got a burner account that put up a little thing of the bunny holding the sign. And it says, what do we want? It's Nuggets playoff games. Not 830. When do we want it? <laughs> Not at fucking 830. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. It's 1130 that's going to be done. on a, uh, Anyway. I, here's why I don't like it. What? That whole East Coast that we need them to watch us, to love us, to get primetime games to get people to care to get MVP votes for all that stuff but they're not gonna they're, that's 1030 it's one o'clock in the morning by the time the game's done they ain't watching generally you know randomly people on the coast stay up longer only because like things like the new like their prime time is later yeah. than ours yeah. but that's still insane yeah, to be like crazy. starting a game at 1030 yeah anyway that's fine you want to go next? Or yeah, um, right. well, I actually kind of want to go last. If, okay, if I can. all right, I'll go next. Okay. I'm going to say my worst this week is Jeremy Roenick. Oh, this guy. He tweeted out the other day that uh, he, he, he his tweet was basically, man, that Nathan McKinnon is great, and there's a lot of people who don't know how good he is. And I was like, Go on. Tell me who these people are. <laughs> and then I thought about it. I was like, you know who these people are, Jeremy Roenick? National fucking analysts who are not paying to Colorado sports. We've been watching Nathan McKinnon for four years in this league. We know he's fucking good. He's really good. But it's and the same now you're just we, catching on. <laughs> it's the same thing we just talked about, man. They're in bed. Jeremy Roenick's in bed by the time Nathan McKinnon oh, starts playing every Okay, night. so I need the start. <laughs> I need to go back to Steve's. We need the start times to yeah. get there. So, you know, Jeremy Roenick pays a fucking attention like normal like seven is that too hard for everybody <laughs> no <laughs> well and the, you see it with the rockies i have friends that complain that rockies games start at like 6 10 and 6 40 yeah. I, I tell them like that they're doing that for the east coast market like if they start a game at 6 10 here and they're playing the braves that's 8 10 in atlanta and you can at least get some people to tune in for the first couple innings hold on there's people that complain about 6 10 games yeah i need to talk to those people because man <laughs> i would kill for a 6 10 hockey game right now yeah right <laughs> all right my uh my worst is going to be in memoriam my worst is the booger mobile oh god have you seen this this oh, is for is it back? this no. is for steve no They've officially killed it. Yes. Oh, they, good. they announced Woo! that the Booger Mobile on Monday Night Football is done and over with. They did, however, at the same time also announce that they're back. 
The Tessa Tor and Booger McFarland are going to be back next year. What but I thought. Does Booger McFarland know about who? That's what I'm wondering. <laughs> who at ESPN has some dirt that Booger McFarland is holding on to? Because there's no way Booger McFarland should be working. Listen, I can only give you so much good news at okay. a time, right, Steve. Right. And this this worst was for you. It's in memoriam of the Booger Mobile. No longer will people that paid $250 for Monday night football tickets in the oh, lower Jesus, bowl have to that, stare at the back of Booger McFarland's head. I think 250 would be a bargain for the Broncos game if you were down that low. I think 250 might get you in the like the worst club level seats. It wasn't just staring at the back of Booger McFarland's head. It was watching the stupid TV. The, and that was the thing, right? The evolution of it was so terrible. It started as, as staring at the back of Booger McFarland's head. Then apparently, I like somebody must have thrown something at him or something like that. So they put a piece of sheet metal behind yeah. him, and you couldn't even see what was happening. And they're like, "We can't see what's happening." So ES. ESPN in all their glory was like, oh, we'll slap a TV on the back of there so you can watch our broadcast of what's going on. Like, cool, I'm glad I paid $200, $350 to watch the ESPN broadcast of what's going on. Then finally, they put a plastic shield behind him so you can see through it. And I'm like, that doesn't help. I still have to stare at Booger McFarland's head. Now let's Ugh. cut to, real quick, let's cut to Booger's weirdly symmetrical head for a second <laughs> while he like, talks about football, but all we can do is stare at his head. Uh, and then, like, so in memoriam of the Booger Mobile, you are officially the worst and dead. And that's it. That's the Worst Damn Sports Show, period. Follow us on Twitter at Worst Damn.